There is a prayer, it's actually the prayer after communion, for the feast of the Nativity of Mary, and it goes like this. May your church exalt, O Lord, for you have renewed her with these sacred mysteries, as she rejoices in the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which was the hope and daybreak of salvation for all the world. Now, September 8th, which of course is tomorrow, is normally the feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but of course the, the Sunday celebration trumps the feast. And although the feast will not be celebrated this year, it, I believe, should not pass without notice. Because the feast of Mary's birth helps to give extra meaning to our readings for this Sunday. And as a rule, I would hope everyone is aware, uh, you know, the church does not normally celebrate the, uh, the birth of a saint. Instead of a birth, a saint's uh, feast is celebrated on the, the date of their death. Or if that date is not known, the date recalls the death at least. And this is an example of an application of our Christian faith and spirituality. Because for us, death is the date of our birth into eternal life. You know, filled with joy because someone has been called to be with the Lord. And despite the practice of not celebrating the birth of saints, there are three actual significant exceptions. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, of course, and we celebrate the birth of John the Baptist, and we celebrate the birth of Mary. And we celebrate them because each of these births changed the world. And each birth was instrumental in bringing about our salvation. Now Mary is sometimes called the New Eve. And that's because she chose what God wanted over what she may have wanted. And we began celebrating this mystery last December on the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. You know, Mary's life was completely given over to God for, for God's purpose. You know, God's purpose of, of stewarding the life of the, the son that was entrusted to her. Of then giving of herself completely in service to God. And John the Baptist, he was a, a transitional character, uh, you know, marking the end of one age, that being the Old Testament, coming amongst the people to announce the arrival of the Lord. And John gave up everything in answer to that call that, that God put into his heart. He did this in order to, as we hear from our scriptures in another place, to prepare the way of the Lord. And of course, the birth of Christ changed the world forever. So as we look at today's gospel, we can look back at the birth of Mary, an event that set into motion change in the world that, that led to a truly new creation. 
And as Jesus speaks of this new way of life, his words present a very large, in fact, a huge challenge to each and every one of us. A challenge from Jesus himself to to us today to be real disciples. And being a disciple, following Jesus, requires facing the implications and the, the consequences of professing Christianity of living as a Christian, and in particularly for us as a Catholic Christian. In saying that builders, as Jesus does today in our gospel, calculate the cost of each building, and that kings examine the likelihood for victory before going into battle, Jesus is telling us to look at the cost of discipleship. What are we willing to give? What are we willing to sacrifice? Or are we willing to give or sacrifice anything? And if we think it is easy, if we think it's easy, then we probably do not understand what discipleship is, what it means. If we think that that just a couple of minutes of prayer or reading scripture each day are adequate? If we think that with all of the talent that God has given me that I share easily with family and friends but not with the church is adequate? And if we think that, that someone else is taking care of it, that someone else has volunteered their time for this or for that, someone else is ministering and I don't need to is adequate? And if we think that a dollar or two a week in the collection basket is adequate to serve the needs of our brothers and sisters in this community or elsewhere, the poor, if we think that that is adequate, then we don't understand discipleship. And if we are not sacrificing for others, and it is not costing us our life, then it's not real. Three weeks ago, in Luke, Jesus said, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division." The family, the whole kinship group, was, was the most important of human relationships in the Mediterranean Middle East, and it still very much is. A family gave a person identity, and it gave them status as well. And anyone not a part of a family, widows and orphans, for example, they had no identity and no place in society. Yet the division that Jesus spoke of would affect family relationships, even dividing a household against itself, father against son, daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. The whole basis of communal life was then ripped apart. And that theme continues today with Jesus' telling us that unless a person hates 
father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even himself. He cannot be my disciple. This is not how we conceive of life with our loving Lord. But Jesus is establishing the new covenant, the new creation. And in doing so, from then on, family would no longer define itself by blood. The family would be a new family, a family of faithful disciples, a family that is the body of Christ, the church. Jesus is creating new relationships based on following him and seeking the kingdom. And in speaking of the cross that his followers must bear, Jesus is speaking of the difficulty and the suffering that will come with being a disciple. And this is why, like, like a builder and a general, we must calculate the cost of what we want to do. You know, we must be prepared to go all the way with Jesus. And Jesus' statement is practically an absolute. You know, he's saying that anyone not prepared to go all of the way with him probably should not choose to be a disciple. You know, we're called to be more than merely admirers of Jesus Christ. We're called to be his disciples. We're, we're called to be a new kind of family. And to enter into his very life. And that will lead to suffering. You know, we will be punished. We will be ridiculed. We will lose family and friends. And we will be called to give up our life for others. And living as a disciple is not easy. Living as a good steward is not easy. But the Lord calls us to give of our lives to one another. And that means letting go of who we are what we are about as an individual and entering into a communal life. You know, having cares and concerns for the greater community, for this church that we call St. Margaret of York, for those whom we are responsible for caring for, including the poor in our midst and the poor elsewhere. It, it costs, it costs dearly. Perhaps the most wonderful example that we have is Mary. And if we look at her life, she tells us that we can make this choice and we can keep it. We can make this choice and we can keep it to follow her son. And the best part is that if we choose to follow this costly path, then each and every one of us will live forever as part of God's family.